Yo, turn the monitors up. I can't hear shit. I want to grab two things of paint out of my room. Tell me what you want. I'm just going to get them for you. Uh, there should be a good luck. A uh, tub of blue paint and a squeezy thing of goldish paint. And then uh, like a tall squeezy thing of gold. Is that more like the tub of blue you're looking for? Yeah, that's a better tub of blue. This one? Yeah, I'm number two blue. blue. Number two blue all the way. Squeezy thing of yellow. Like yeah. Holbein yellow? No, like a tall, it's like a tall gold faux finish paint. Like a... Oh, gotcha. Bigger than your dick size bottle. He brings the gallon of paint out. I trust you. So, fuck yeah, man. Welcome to the Golden Hour. Welcome. Thank you. Welcome to the Green Door. Thank you. This place is sick. It's inspiring. There's always something happening here. And it's always good vibes and very welcoming, too. Yeah, like, you know, it's usually doors open, wide arms open. You know, there's only one rule at the Green Door studio. It's don't be an asshole. So... Yeah, I don't think I've seen anybody break that rule. <laughs> I'm sure it's happened before. I mean, we all break that rule, but... Yeah, you know, from time to time. Nobody's perfect, but... But yeah, you are an artist. Indeed. And you're a multifaceted uh, personality that gets people hype on events and creativity. I met you through... Uh, friends that were making music back in the early aughts, maybe around 2000. It's probably the year 2000. Yeah, the year 2000. yeah. I'm gonna guess, man. That was like right around there, 2000, 2001. Um, I moved here in '98. I didn't know anybody. You know, yeah. When I first got here. You corrected that pretty well. <laughs> pretty, pretty quickly. Yeah, you know? I got corrected so that swiftly. <laughs> yeah, you started emceeing all these events and just being the guy that like glued off all types of hip hop together, like the elements, you know, like graffiti crew. Um, so, yeah, I guess let's start in the beginning. I met you when you were doing this uh, liquid lounge thing at. Yeah. So tell me about that. How did that even start? Uh, I mean, so. Liquid Energy started for me because I really wanted to get into bartending, which was not really like it was it was more like a means to an end. I just wanted to get my feet in the door in venues and in spaces like that. And a dear friend of mine, Dan Lewin, um, he took over the Liquid Energy bar vibe like he was, you know, it was a juice bar by day, juice and soup. And then at night they would, you know, throw open the curtains and it was like, wow. We had all this crazy stuff we could make drinks with. Um, so I just kind of came along for the ride with him. And he was also trying to book entertainment. And, you know, I had friends, like, sort of. Like, I had very surface-level friends. But I was like, I like what these people are doing and what these people are doing. And open mics seemed like a cool vibe. And um, so I started playing music there with a buddy of mine who played guitar. It was, like, back then, for some reason, the guitar was more like what was like the sound of a guitar more than the sound of a beat, the sound of just like pure 
instrumental type beats was what was calling to me. I was, you know, still like. And Liquid Energy was right on Church Street, so lots of pedestrian, lots of, you know, no cars allowed, only people. Right, plenty of action available to you, you know. Um, And so, so, so Dan asked me to start putting together a night. And it was like, I would, you know, I'd be like, this guy with the guitar and this, you know, and then like, what else could we do? Like, oh, let me get my homie who's a DJ. And the first couple of DJs, it was like, Kanga, Zach Johnson, and Transplant, CJ. Like the three of them were like, the and and Create, all four of them were like the four people in the town that I knew that had the equipment and were willing to come and just sort of like play whatever, you know? Um, and then it's sort of because all of them were involved in hip hop, it just kind of evolved, you know, it was like, I was interested in emceeing. I was by no means a good MC. I just was like doing it. I was down to rap. I mostly was like kicking other people's raps. It was kind of whack actually, you know, like sort of like I was like doing cover songs of other rappers like Farside and, and Atmosphere and shit like that. Like, you know, I current, current modern rappers, but. Um, it didn't feel like that at the time. Just seemed like you, were, <laughs> you know, supernatural. Yeah, how he does these like perfectly like succinct uh, freestyles that kind of move the literally like MC and like move the event along, like introducing right. people and. Right, and like in the next act is right, you know, with right. the tactics, like that right. kind of stuff, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's I mean, what it felt like, and it was pretty chill. I wasn't being too corny for too long, you know. But and so yeah, so that that evolved into the what did we? It was like the lyricist lounge, the liquid lounge. It was yeah, that it was, was like, big at the time. The lyricist lounge. Yeah, like, totally. When MTV had music. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and I was like, well, fuck it. Like, there's enough MCs in town. People started coming through, wanted to kick ciphers, and we just started that thing. And that that liquid energy open mic, I feel like, really united the city in a bunch of ways. Like, it was a bunch of, there. you know, it was like, there was like, what were they, like the Rough Riders crew? It was not, obviously not DMX's Rough Riders, but like... Are There's the, Rude Dogs. The Rude Dogs, Rude yes. Dogs, that's yeah. a, that was it, yep. My boy Trey, Mizzy Guns. Yep. Uh, who else? Oh, Dakota. Fuck yeah, Dakota. Right, right. I mean, like... Right, okay. Okay, yeah. Like, yeah, I mean, that was... That's history right there. Yeah, right? You, you know? know, and then like... And then there was like the whole scene that was popping off at the Red Square... With like Fatty B in conflict and Terrell and the voice and obviously A Dog, rest in peace to A Dog. You know, like there was all this hip hop that was happening. Just down the street. Just down the street. And we were like these young underground hungry kids who just wanted to be able to do something. Yeah. You know? And and there there were so many people that got like, you know, like I mean ZJ, every time I see that kid, what up, Z? Um, he's always like Yo, that was my first DJing gig ever. Dude, that was he, you. You put he, me in front of people with turntables. Career, you know. I know. Like, he's yeah. He's, he's killing like, it. Straight up. <laughs> he's straight up killing it. Yep. You know, and like so, it was just this place where we all like met up and MCs and ciphers started popping off, and you know, then we would like book little sets and all of that, and. Then unfortunately, Liquid Energy got closed down. It was like some shiesty ass shit that happened, and some dude, you know, embezzled a bunch of money or whatever. <laughs> like, I'm like, oh damn, this shit's popping like, up. <laughs> like, is pro- I need some more rent. <laughs> yeah, like you know, like is like what is prone to happen, and yeah. and that shut down, and then we like 
But it was crazy though. It like transformed overnight is what it felt like. It was like the health smoothie place mm-hmm. that is like downtown and then all of a sudden like the sun goes down and it's like the club. Yeah, and it was like poppin'. fifty MCs. Like yeah, it, it was, was it was like it, it was like, popping. People yeah. were coming from other other clubs to like owners were coming to check it out and be like, hmm, taking notes and shit. You yeah, know, like, yeah, you know. And I mean, and then we like we threw that festival in in Battery Park, right? Presenting, presenting. Yeah, yep. you know, that which was, was this sort of like. There are a bunch of people doing shit in this, and like Battery Park at the it time, no, built up no one had been that, using you know? it for yeah, anything yeah. other than like band concerts and shit. We were like, no, we're yeah, gonna like, pop. Wait, the permit's only like what, fifty bucks? Or something? <laughs> yeah, and we were like, uh, we'll th- yeah, okay, cool, we'll take it for a day. They, you know, they messed with us about our like sound or whatever, but we worked it all out and we had an amazing day and put like two hundred fifty people in a park. And I, I feel like, you know, it was like it was like Manifest next to me was starting to play music. You and. Um, what was it? What did he call himself back Mischief. then? Mischief. Mischief and Sender. Yeah. You know? Um, who can be kidding? You know, whatever. He's had a bunch Source of names unknown. since then. Source Unknown. Travis Scope. and Luke. Yeah. yeah. You know? And, and, and Shape. You know, like all of those cats were, like, we were all involved. Everybody was yeah. involved and it was... Pushing each other and stuff. And yeah. Like, trying to, trying to make something happen. Yeah. Right? Like, really just trying to make something happen. Trying to make space for ourselves to make art in and to like create in and you know and and to be accepted sort of as part of the scene but also we get your hours in put also your, pay your dues and like you know yeah like, we were also like that. yeah we don't really need the scene like we're building our own shit you know yeah i used to have house parties back then and right then, and then it turned into like like how about let's just go down to like the liquid lounge. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, go on a crew. It'll like, probably yeah. be cool, you know? Yeah. Yeah, you know? And then, so, yeah, then when Liquid Energy shut down, then it was like we went down to um, to Hector's, right? Down in the basement. That was chill. That like, was chill. Yeah. It, it was, it's been a number of things since then. It's now Orlando's. Um, we went to the Monkey House. I started, me and Dan started bartending at the Monkey House. And I was immediately like, I want to create the same space that we had there for like we were doing something it was good and we didn't have the energy or like the money or any of that shit for it so like I was like literally you know I would show up with it wasn't an MPC but it was kind of like an MPC and I would like bang out beats from behind the bar while I was bartending and Transplant would show up and he would DJ and there you know it was like a half a dozen MCs would show up yeah I remember the the loyalists would show up and just fucking kill it. Yeah. American Phantom. <laughs> yep. Those dudes were hot. You know? Um, and that's, like, I mean, essentially, that's what then later became Third Thursdays. You know, that's, that, those, and that energy is what became Third Thursdays and, you know, and, and created that space for us to keep hosting. I mean, I was gone for a while and, and humble and transplant kept Third Thursdays alive at the Monkey House for yep. years. While I was living out in the Northeast Kingdom, trying to do other things with my life, you know, and um, but you know, but still, man, you're like a cornerstone, you know, like Keystone, cornerstone, one of those. I stones. mean, yeah, <laughs> probably sometimes the Keystone, I guess, but <laughs> you know, it's like, um, so yeah, like yeah, that whole that whole thing, the whole liquid energy vibe moved, right? We had it at Hector's. Hector's shut down. That was kind of when, like, okay, it became an event, and I mean, dude, we it was. It was so easy, right? It was like all of a sudden you're hosting this event 
And it's just something different than the higher ground, the red square, the places that hip hop was happening in the city. And we were just like something different. So when like, you know, Chesky and Soul wanted to roll through the city back in the day and they had nowhere, they had like not another venue to get into, they would somehow end up in our lap. Yeah. And we would just be like hosting an event that was way out of our league. Like all of a sudden we're, you know, we're like hosting Anticon rappers and shit like, you know, and like just do, you know, cause like the higher ground wasn't touchstone. really There's another that stone stuff. that you are, it's the touchstone, you know, <laughs> like the antenna kind of, you know, like there's all this energy, like frequencies like floating around and the atmosphere is just like raise the antenna and it's all like. It's gonna beep, come, beep, beep. yeah. It's gonna come back around, right? Yeah, it's, it's gonna just, come back around. It's just what is there, and then the thing that's the most appropriate for, you know, people who are just spitting rhymes and rocking beats. Like, this is where they're gonna show up, you know? <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah. Where are they gonna show up? And you know, and especially, you know, it was a, it's a, it's always been like a certain vibe. It's it's like a little different. It's not. This is not the hip hop you were expecting necessarily if you went to a hip-hop show and, and we're just going to a hip-hop show it's not you know it wasn't it was never one piece of the puzzle that and I, I don't know it's, it's hard to describe like we were always just kind of doing some different shit mm-hmm. it was you know it was like that's what made it seem more accessible too like yeah well, maybe like they'd be cool like my shit you know like yes yeah, so many so many MCs like, would like give like, it their first shot yeah. on the stage yeah, yeah. At, at those events you know whether it was third Thursday or liquid energy back in the day you know it was like so many people would just like jump and take a chance mm-hmm. because it, we did make it mad accessible we weren't judging you I'm not you know I'm not you're not gonna do your thing and then one of us is gonna diss you on the next record it's like that's not how it goes right. that's not how we're vibing you know it was always about G fam like that yeah. vibe you know yeah. like we're all in it together let's build together it's let's like get it together family, you know? yeah let's get it you know um, so what were you doing with art back then Really, that was like the one point in my life where I wasn't making art at all. I like, I mean, I was doing digital art, like making flyers for the events and yeah. shit like that, and sometimes using the tools with my hands that I knew how to use. But um, yeah, I really, I wasn't. I wasn't making art at all. I would, like, I think emceeing. You had and, enough creative outlet. To, and, like, yeah, it was. I mean, I had was I, occupying. Your- I had been an artist and a painter my whole life, and I went to I went to college for you know drawing and painting. That's what I was supposed to do. And art school just straight up fucking wore me out. It took all of that energy from me, and I had nothing left yeah. when I left art school. And I I moved to Vermont, and yeah, it was like fuck it I'm gonna be like a rapper and a promoter and just like do something else do like just engage in something else yeah you know it wasn't even really a conscious decision I wouldn't say but it was in that I really just like abandoned visual arts for a long time just didn't have it it wasn't there you know let's exercise a different muscle yeah I want to try out some different shit I want to I want to sort of like see who I can be in this other world and, and how I can move around you know I had gotten arrested for painting graffiti back in Philly when I was in college and I like really didn't oh, want to go through that shit again uh-huh. cost me a lot of money and you know enough time of my to life to change your that, name and all that yeah, <laughs> I actually did not change my name I took my name back when I came to Vermont but yeah. um, 
But yeah, you know, it was yeah, like, drive 500 miles and arrest me now. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, no, it was I was SK, the the rapper. I was SK, the yeah. the promoter. I was at just like SK, the name in the scene. But I wasn't tagging on shit, and I wasn't writing graffiti. I wasn't doing. I'm any SK. Of that. Can't touch me. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Um, so, yeah, it was it was yeah. Visual arts just like fell away for a really long time, man. I don't. I and don't, how did it come back? It, it came back like a ton of bricks, honestly. Like it came, it just like hit me in the back of the head one day. Like, you need know? to pay. Yeah, I, I was just like, like I mean, the way I describe the, the, the moment, it was like, it was much more of like, holy shit, I haven't made a painting in fucking 10 years. Like I, it, I haven't done this thing. I haven't flexed that muscle mm. in so long. And, um, I started making little paintings cause it was like all that was accessible to me. It was like 10 by tens and 12 by 12, just like little shit. I would just like pick something up and start, you know, I was like digging around in my basement, finding what supplies I still had left from art school. Stuff yeah. I had been traveling around with for a decade, but hadn't used, know, you know, dried you. out acrylics and shit like that. I'm like trying to make things work. 10 by 10, 12 by 12, and then I was like starting to assemble paintings, larger paintings, out of piles of these little canvases, and like, okay, now I can go this big, now I can move around a little bit, you know? And, uh, and yeah, like, I mean, eventually it was, I was, I had just moved back to Burlington after my stint in St. Jay, which maybe we still need to come back to that at some point, but like, I had just moved back to Burlington and I was living in this tiny little apartment with Mary Beth and the girls. And I would ride my bike with a trailer behind me with like all of my paints in these two plastic bins and all of this pile of canvases. I'd go over to my homie Vid's house and paint in his basement for like the whole night. And I'd strap it all back on and ride home with it. Bird pile it style. back up. Birdman style. 100%. 100%. <laughs> you got a train of wagons behind I, your bike. I was like a strange art supply. I was like a strange artsy Birdman for a minute. Um, it's and, all just like eccentric <laughs> self expression. You know, and like, but it was, that was so that I could take, you know, three or four large canvases and work on them in a space big enough to look at them all at the same time. Not large, but like bigger than 12 by 12 canvases. And it wasn't long before spray paint was like, why would I not be using spray paint right now? What I want to do is paint big. I want to paint large. I want to go back, to, you know, and like I would started making bigger paintings and eventually really like one of the big jump offs was the wall to canvas competition. It was the first wall to canvas at Magic Hat. And I entered as like a, like a recovering graffiti writer, you know, like not I remember someone. those now. Yeah, those were those were, they were cool. a big deal. It was a cool it event. Was, that was a good yeah. Yeah, it was a cool event. It's that crazy they did how like movie. you know, Magic Hat like their their event manager or whatever, production coordinator or whatever they call it, like can actually spark something that turns into like you know, can set somebody's path in life, you know? It's it crazy. really so yeah, that I mean that first one, man. It was so it was like it came out of nowhere. They're throwing this competition. I'm not really painting graffiti, but they're billing it as a graffiti competition. But they're not billing it as a graffiti competition. They're making it sound like it's like graffiti writers who also know, also know how to work on a canvas. It's live art, right? It was wall to canvas. Yeah, you're a graffiti writer. You want to do that? And I was like, it's okay. a solid concept. I was like, okay, perfect. Like I haven't really painted graffiti in a long time, but I showed up 
mostly with spray paint because I was like, it's going to be a big canvas. I got to paint it fast. This is going to be perfect. Spray paint had a couple of little stencil-y moves with me and a couple of things. But that's where I met Hacks, Capes, Ender, like all these other graffiti writers. I had no connection to that part of the scene here in Vermont prior to that other than like my homie Wisdom who had tried to get me to paint a couple of times and I just kind of like didn't have it in me, but now all of a sudden it was in me, right? And I'm like, I wanna do this, I wanna be a part of this event. And I meet these other cats and they're like people like me doing what I'm doing. And like, you know, we were the ones, we were like the only ones there who all had spray paint. So we like, you took it literal. Yeah, we're like, it's wall to canvas. Like, yeah, this, wall is how, to canvas. Yeah, like this is how we're doing it. What's the Other... um, children's story character? like? Oh, Amelia Bedelia? Amelia Bedelia. That we were talking about it's earlier. wall to canvas. <laughs> Only designs that are made for a wall with spray paint. Yeah, then I'm going to put it on a canvas. Yeah. <laughs> literal literal. Nice mindset. way to bring that back around. <laughs> the Amelia Bedelia reference. Yeah, exactly. Like, the thing is to do it, you know? So we showed up. All of us had spray cans kind of got to know those guys and that is that's basically like the jump off point of me choosing to get an art studio which was right over here on the other side of these walls you know did that solo on my own when arts riot first opened up arts riot was not originally a venue like it is now it was just like a, a studio space with some homies in it um they were trying to figure out what to do. They were going to do events. They were going to have studio space. They had a studio space that had the exhaust fan in it, like from Karen's auto body. Oh, wow. It was like you could paint a car in the room. And the helicopter is loud as fuck. <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> move the recording device closer. Don't break anything. No breaking. Um... So yeah, they had the fan, the exhaust fan from Karen's Auto Body, and I knew when those guys were moving in there, I was like, holy shit, that's going to be an option, you know? So I moved into a studio there, a little 10 by 10 studio. I had just met Capes. So the key was like, this is safe ventilation for spray paint. I can use spray paint in here all year round, yeah. Um, and, you know, and I, like, we, I didn't have much i didn't have certainly didn't have clientele i didn't have you know like none of that we were just like digging into it and starting to learn to do it and i was learned like relearning to paint graffiti i had definitely been an active graffiti writer in philly and new jersey as a teenager and early 20 something got arrested gave it up gave up all visual art dropped out of art school moved to vermont started mountain biking, rock climbing, and hanging out, you know, and like doing different things. Stay for much. Music, music was the one way that I stayed connected. That was like the one thing. That and like the skateboarding scene were the things that I stayed connected to. But mostly, yeah, it was like rock climbing and mountain biking and chilling out in the woods and doing Vermont shit, you know? Um, And then, yeah, just like, I don't know, one day, like I said, it just like hit me. I was like, damn, I need to be painting again. I need to be doing this thing. And it slowly, it went from those little canvases to the piles of canvases to the, you know, and like just, it was a need to get back out there and to go, you know, make marks bigger than my body and like move around and, and, and see artwork on That's a wall. That's cool, man. I didn't, yeah. know that, I didn't know that the wall the canvas thing was really like that, like kind of tipping point for you. It was a big jump off for the yeah. visual portion of it. Yeah, yeah, for sure. You know, I mean... Luck. I'm glad to say that like I never gave up on the event 
promotion part of it either, and I never gave up on Third Thursdays. And you were always that, doing stuff you know? and talking to people that were making art and stuff, you know, yeah. all the time. So. Yeah, keeping, you know, trying to keep people connected and doing. And, um, you yeah, know, you're, and yeah, you're like the best for that shit, honestly. <laughs> you are, man. Uh, I'm all right at it. I mean, you know, like, there's always, like, like an arts riot just back here, like, what, 150 feet away? Yeah. You're doing uh, sound effects. Right, sound effects. That, I mean, that was me and Mertz. That was really Mertz's idea. He was the one who like yeah, shout had out to the, Mertz. Yeah, he was the one who had Mertz the, music. The the real com. the real vision for that. Um, but he certainly knew who to reach out to. Right, it was like me exactly, yeah. and Burns and Zach and Mr. like Kanga. You know, it was like it's always it's always been the same homies yeah. that are doing the same stuff. You know, and the the family remains the same. Right, like, you know, it's been like twenty two years. Why, why are you, why are you and Travis still the ones behind the cameras? You oh, know, what yeah, I mean? like, right. how does that work out? Uh, <laughs> you know, it's uh, yeah, it's been like we we've been do- we've all been doing it for a long time now. You know, we've all been you know, and everybody evolved and turned into different things, and you know, um, you know, we like all those dude. I mean, I think about when Travis put out Piece of Time, like. That's right. You there were they're like there are like a half a dozen professional skateboarders now who are like that was like huge deals. That was their jump off. That was that, their, they were kids. They yeah. were like the kids in the talent skate park section of like the Hale Brothers and you know and mm-hmm. um, I mean Sean Stem, rest in peace. You know Cookie, like all Cookie these Jordan, yeah, Marshall, yeah, all those dudes were like young cats back then super young I mean even Travis would like Travis was probably 16 17 when I first it, met he him he was like he was like the the coach like he was like the the big brother you yeah know? yeah coaching like his little kids I remember like seeing like Sean Stem when he was like 12 years old and like walking down Church Street with the skateboard being like I just want to skate I just want to skate and Travis being like yo chill eat your bagel yeah like, <laughs> you know <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, but at the same time, like, yeah, let's go. I picked you up from your from your mom's house to, like, go take you skating, you know? Yeah, like, 100. Like, he was, like, the big brother of skateboarding. 100. And, he, oh, yeah, he always has been, man. I mean, like, you got to wonder whether any of those kids would have ever made it as far as they did, right, without each other. I'm not saying Travis was the most important link or that any one of us has no, ever been like, the most important link. No, it's about everyone finding their spot in the circle, kind yeah. of, and contributing you know yeah, all hands on deck right like you know i mean i like i don't i 100 have never been the best rapper in vermont not even close you know it was never about that i was never trying to promote myself as the rapper who was coming out i was like yo there's a lot of dope rappers around here and it would be dope if somebody gave them a little more time and energy and helped them blow up Hell yeah. what if i could create a space for that you know I've never been the dopest graffiti writer in Vermont, but like, what if you could put a crew together that would get these guys all moving in the right direction and like everybody would be doing it? You Sometimes know? that's what keeps people from being intimidated is like, oh, like this dude doesn't take himself too seriously. So that means that I can participate. Right. You know, like, right. You know, like, yeah, you got like that welcoming kind of vibe where it's like, yeah, you just want people to jump on it. And then. And then you do an art show like this, a solo, and, and people are intimidated, and they're like, oh, man. 
but I didn't think that I had to be, but I guess I didn't, you know? Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah, you didn't. Um, yeah, this, I mean, this show solo, this was definitely something special, man. I mean, I haven't done a full-blown solo show in almost a decade. It's been a pretty long time. Um, and At that, let's pause for a minute kay. and watch this quick little edit. Bring, bring it back. Yeah, make some noise out there. The sound of painting. That make should, some noise. <laughs> that should be like the name of an art, of an, a solo art show. Is the sound of painting, like the audio visual. Just that you're like sitting in a white cubicle. <laughs> yeah, and just, yeah. just listen to the sound you're of painting. Like, 
you imagine what the painting could look like? Yeah, and you just gather around and like listen and look and say, oh, that's very interesting. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, tell us about your stint in St. Jay and, you know, the kind of cool things that you did out there. St. Jiggy. All right, here's the, the quick and dirty version, right? Um, so yeah, I was I had managed the outdoor gear exchange back in the day with a homie named Lou, who um, had an opportunity to open a business in St. Johnsbury. He had come into some money. He wanted to open a shop, kind of like the OGE, um, like outdoor gear, climbing, skiing, all of that stuff. And you know, and I, I knew rock climbing really well. I knew the apparel and I knew all of that really well. And so, I, and, and it was like, it seemed like a golden opportunity for my wife and my family and I, we were about to have our second daughter. It was like, man, I could really like make something for myself out here, like go and open a shop. Um, Two weeks in, we're like, we're doing all the work, we're putting the place together, and we still got this basement space. We got this one little spot that I know we're not really utilizing well, and I'm looking around the town at like this kind of rundown little city, you know, and I'm like, man, there's a lot of cool, cool places to skate here. I'm still into skateboarding, not as hard as I had been when I was a teenager, but I still love to ride a skateboard. I was like, man, there's a lot of like cool yeah. little spots, you know, to check out. Like, what if we open a skate shop? How hard would it be? You don't need a lot of money to open a skateboard shop. Like, you know, like you buy 20 decks, 12 sets of trucks, a bunch of sets of wheels, and you're like, go from there. We got a skateboard shop. Right, we'll go from there. We'll see what happens. So, we had this little basement space. It was like wood paneling. It was so ugly, like horrendous. And so I just gutted it. We ripped it all down to the studs and like made it look industrial, you know, and put some fucking center blocks around and like I built a little ramp right inside the shop we had one glass case full of trucks and wheels I had skateboard decks literally on nails hanging on these two by fours throughout the room and there was one other wall in the room and that actually really that was like the place where I first tapped back into graffiti a little bit I was like there's one wall in here we should paint this one and, like do an art piece on it and I met through that process, I met this cat, Tommy Rowlett, who was like the bartender at the local watering hole, like the spot, mm -hmm. great food. This was a place called Elements back in the day. And uh, he was the bartender there and he was into art and he like, Lou and I would go there every night after we were done busting our asses for 14 hours and like have a beer and have a burger and talk about what we were gonna do tomorrow. And you know, we we're like building a game plan. Started building a skate shop Start talking about what I'm doing, and he's like, "Oh, I'm really into you know like stencil art and stuff like that." Starts showing me some shows, like, "Oh, damn!" And he was my immediate connection to the city. Like I met, now I know the people. He was the he, ambassador to say that, right? Like he's he's got these friends, right? Like he yeah. he knows a lot of the young people. He knew you know like he grew up with Wombaticus Rex, thirty seven. Oh, what a dude! You know, <laughs> like he grew up with some you know some of these cats, my homie Squirrel, like who were like a big part of the scene already. They were, you know, Steve Mahone, like cats who were already deeply involved at Burke Mountain in the snowboarding scene. And um, and so, yeah, we opened this business. Like now we have this graffiti wall in the shop. We've got the skateboard shop. And honestly, like instantly, the skateboard shop was the most successful piece of the puzzle. We're running this outdoor gear shop upstairs that we have 
20 times as much money invested in upstairs and that's like a slow build mm-hmm. where you know we're like starting to sell rain jackets and we're starting to see some action you know we thought we were like the gateway between the green mountains and the white mountains and it might work for that for that vibe mm-hmm. and it did it kind of did all in all we ended up having a first great year like everything seemed right mm-hmm. we're like man like that really worked and so we like doubled down and we went to the bank and we took out a loan and like went for it, you know, me and my homie. <clears throat> and uh, that was the year that like the Obama financial collapse happened. Well, like 2008. Like, yep. Oh, man. So we had like just. So what, in- it was 2007-ish when you started it? Or? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It was, you know, and I, this was like post second agenda like for me as far you know post the original third thursdays i was like leaving burlington to go to the northeast kingdom Mm -hmm. and start this new thing and you know in that time we did build a skate shop and in that time we did build an actual like we actually built a concrete skate park we found a private donation like built a concrete park in our backyard you know so that kids could skate and the skateboard business continued to be like the one thing that was carrying us, you know. But it wasn't enough. Yeah, it just but it wasn't was the thing enough. that they didn't have really there. Like, it was. There's probably other places to buy outdoor gear, but I mean, there was nowhere else to buy rock climbing gear, and that okay. was definitely a unique thing that we had. But I mean, dude, like by the end, it was like me and Lou hanging out in there playing ping pong every day, and like we would literally like offer if you can beat me in ping pong you can get a 20% discount. (laughs) Nobody could beat us at ping pong because we were playing constantly. But, you know, but... It likes to change the sign, ping pong lounge. It was just like anything (laughs) to get somebody in the door, you know what I mean? It's tough, Um, dude, especially in hard times where everybody's like mentally like, like just conscious of like, oh, these are hard times, it's time to like strap... Right, you know. Right, and you know, like, the... I think a factory closed in St. Johnsbury at that time that like three thousand people lost their jobs. You oh, know what I mean? It was not. Thing. It was not even like a. It was. It was like the whole city. The whole town it's was like, devastated. It's like, who's our demographics? No one. The whole town was devastated. Mm-hmm. Our our demographic always would have kind of been like the people who lived up in the hills, but they just kind of separated themselves from everything and stayed up in the hills. Yeah, like, we don't go in the city anymore. Yeah, the only place I ever saw those people was at Elements where they were getting a fancy dinner. But, um, so yeah, you know, we we did. We accomplished what we accomplished. We ended up opening, we, by the, like, so the, it was like that moment where we were like, holy shit, this is failing. What's succeeding? The skateboard business is succeeding. So we expanded it and we brought it upstairs and we gave it its own space mm-hmm. and it continued to like we were selling whole snowboard packages to all these kids from the St. Johnsbury Academy who are actually from Spain who are here for one year to go to, you know, like and they're happy to spend their parents because that's a private school and it's, you know, it's a totally different vibe out there. Um, but eventually, like I said, yeah. it was just it was doomed. And so everything. wasn't there like a, a skate park built around that time out there? Yeah, we yeah we we had a concrete park built like right in our back lot. We had a parking lot behind the space. It was like right by the railroad tracks and like, I mean, it wasn't great. It was basically like a plaza, but there was a place to skate that you yeah, were allowed to skate and that you know I mean, and like, 
Dude, um, little things like that go a long way, especially to people who are at the right age for it to like make a difference to them and like yep. you know, or yeah. at the right time where like they you know, they didn't go to other towns, they just had to like find stuff to do in their own town and Yeah. It was it was huge for a lot of those kids and I definitely like I still know a bunch of the kids who were 16, 17, 18 years old at that time when I was there who are now doing whatever they're doing in their lives. Most of them aren't skating anymore, but they're living, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. And we hosted an open mic there in the skate shop. We, you know, like we always brought these vibes around with us, you know what I mean? It yeah. was like, no matter what, I was always going to do this stuff. Um, and then I, you know, then I came back to Burlington after all of that. We lost, Mary Beth and I, my wife and I lost our house. We lost the business we were like deeply in debt it was a scary moment you know i was like i don't know i was like is is my wife and my kids like is everybody safe are we good are we like are we good you know um and then i did like none of this i was not working in art i was not working i was working in group homes with teenagers because yeah. i was like this is what my heart needs right now like i got to do something yeah. Huddle, like, up, huddle up, huddle yeah, up, huddle up. Yeah, like I gotta do something that's like got nothing to do with any of this other noise, and that's like just about being good at all. Like I don't want to sell anything to anybody. I don't want to think about myself for a while. I don't want like none of this is. Re- I'm, just, I'm just gonna like give it nonstop for a couple of years, and um, so yeah, I was working in group homes, and that's when I linked back up with Travis, and that's when we started hosting these skate camps. Hell yeah. Um, you know, through the, it was like the old. The, so, did you move back here? I moved, yeah, we moved back. And I mean, like, dude, I had my it's tail between my up. legs. Yeah. I had my tail between my legs. Like, you know, a lot so. Of did at that time. You know, yeah. It was like, and I had just started, this was like also the same time that I had just started painting again. I had like, that was a Northeast Kingdom thing. It happened out there, that moment for me where I was like, holy shit, I gotta do this thing again brought it back with me. Now I'm making these little ass paintings, riding around on my bicycle, riding that same bicycle to the group home five days a week and working at this group home with teenagers and just like really trying in my head to put it back together. Like, what is it that I'm trying to fucking do? What do I want to do with my life? You know, like not, not in a one word thing. Like do you know, do I want to do, you know, more just like, where does my heart want to go? What does it want to do? And me and Travis started doing those skate camps and it where were, were they were they located and how did you we did i mean it was like the original burlington skate park before a dog before that you know that like old oh, yeah. plywood all that shit and we would host a group of kids that park was awesome though for what it was it was yeah it was sick we would host groups of kids it was like through the I want to say it's called like the miller recreation center it's part of hunt middle school out there mm-hmm. um there was a summer camp program and I linked up with it through Mary Beth was teaching Spanish at the time at hunt and they were looking for summer programming and me and Travis decided we could do this. And we like spent two or three summers hosting this thing and, and talking to these kids about like, you know, you like half the kids in there can barely skate. Right. And then there's like the couple of kids who can already drop in and can do a kick flip or do an ollie or like do a few things. And you got, so you got like, it's it's a it's two totally gr- different groups of people yeah. essentially but we were like always talking about look somebody's going to design graphics for these skateboards 
somebody's gonna design t-shirts and whole concepts around how this is gonna happen somebody's gonna film this shit and like make you know and make movies about this and like there are so many places that you could fit in there are so many parts in this that you could play there are so many roles to be had like this is how it works you know like like find a crew yeah find a family yeah kick it with this dude who is nasty yeah and like support him yeah and don't don't get mad at him because he's the only one in the room who can do the tricks but like support but watch him too and yeah like learn. <laughs> like, watch and learn and yeah you know. yeah and if you can't learn if you can't quite pick it up then there's something else for you to do too you can keep skating forever you know like i mean i'm i'm sure at one point in travis's life travis wanted to be colin you know <laughs> like, <laughs> like, <laughs> he was hopeful that he would be cookie someday but yeah, <laughs> no i remember those days where like everybody was getting better kind of all at once and it's like oh damn like you know like they're doing like like backside varial heels to grinds and shit and it's like you know it seemed like everybody was rising at the same yeah. level where it's like and then and then there's just certain kids that just kept going and started doing things switch and yeah and like to manual and like just taking it to the next level adding on like and get compiling and you know it's hard to figure out who is going to be the one that like rose up yeah amongst I, I the mean, crowd until when you, you really until think until you of... skate with them a little bit and you realize well it's definitely not me <laughs> 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 and I mean, when you really think about it, yeah, there were like, you know, Kyle, Cookie, Sean, Travis, Colin, Cody. I remember Kyle and like, Travis used to skate together all the time back in when they were like 15, yeah. 14. And, and they were then, all evolving then, and then at the same Kyle speed. Kyle started doing things a little bit steezier and a little bit bigger and with a little bit more control. And then right. it started to like, you started to see the subtle differences. And the, yeah. I don't know. But you know, all of them, everybody, like we're all still involved, right? All along. Everybody. We, yeah, they'd all be like, yeah, we, let's go skate. You know? I'd definitely go skate. Yeah. <laughs> There's a board in the other room. Um, yeah, man. I mean, you know, it's like it's always been this family vibe. It's always and then been this after, team let's go to the vibe. party. Where are the beats at? Like, yeah, you know, where who's DJing yeah. tonight? You know, yeah, let's go pop our heads into the cipher. And yep. Yeah. Yep. Man. Yeah, the cipher still happened. You know, it all still happens. It's all still going on. It's the same. You know, it's we've forever been open door, open arms, like open vibe yeah, man. and that's what has kept us like there's it's growing because it grows because we like there's always new people involved there's always new shit involved where you know it's um yeah, i had such a good time at the art show i brought my girlfriend she was like your friends are really nice and it's like yeah i mean half those people <laughs> that you made friends with i didn't even know like <laughs> all the other the, the other half i'm like super tight with but like that's just the vibe like right you know, that's like, just that's just natural the like it happens naturally Exactly. Yeah, you know. Um, so, tell me about Ant Hill. So, okay, you came back, started the skate camp. Skate, was skate that, camps. That's like that timing was like what two thousand eight. Yeah, uh, yeah, two thousand ten. Like falling right into it. Yeah, you're. Ex- yeah, like t- 
I mean, uh, yeah, the years, I don't remember the years, but yeah, we're like the end of the aughts, right? And it's like the art was becoming more important. I was talking about the Magic Hat event earlier. That's where I met Capes. That's where, you know, Mm -hmm. and like him and I originally just kind of started painting together because we were like these two older dudes who both enjoyed it, you know, and he was still into graph. He like, or he was also just getting back into graph, actually. He really, he had also taken, like, he became a ski bum, much like I became, like, a rock climber, you yeah. know what I mean? Um, you know, grew up in New Hampshire painting graph and then, like, moved up here and, you know, worked at J-Peak all these years and, and like, yeah, he just, like, but, like, we met and it it just clicked, you know? We had a lot in common. We both had two little girls. We're married. We, like, you know, we have a lot of these other pieces of the puzzle, but we want to do this. I still want to do this. I still want to paint. Um, and so we just started painting together. And I, like, I got that studio in Arts Riot. Like on the DL? like Yeah, I mean, like under bridges and shit, you know? Like, or, you know, or like in the studio or, you know, like as soon as I got that Arts Riot studio space, I definitely like immediately invited him in there. We started kicking it over there. I was like trying to figure out how to do this, like how to work on canvases and how to become a quote-unquote fine artist and he was like fuck all that shit we should paint graph you know like let's just fucking go back under the bridges and paint graph and i pretty quickly realized that i was like fully down and that it felt great you know it's first couple first couple times i went out man like when i printed out the hundred there's a hundred photographs on the wall over there that are part of the show that are like the last basically the last 100 pieces of graffiti that I painted goes back to like 2015 or some something like that um and the first couple of pieces I'm like horrified it's like oh my god I painted that it's next crazy to, how I painted that next honest. to hacks and like you know and like cause it was it was so it was all brand new again I hadn't painted graffiti in so long I really kind of like didn't really know what I was doing at that point I didn't have a, like a way I wanted to go about it I wasn't following the formulas I was just like doing it, you know. It's hard to conceptualize as an outsider or somebody who hasn't like been schooled. It's like it's hard to like just see like oh like look at a, a burner and imagine how you just go about it. Right. You know. <laughs> right. Uh, um, yeah, it is. You know, it's like there's a there's a ton to it and there's a ton of training, sort of. You know, if you want to think about it that way. And Cape still had it, and I had lost it, and I was just, like, down for the ride, you know what I mean? I was, like, down to do it, and I had a bunch of sort of, like, other skill sets in my head, you know? I, I had some ideas about how to use color and how to do, like, different backgroundy type shit, and, you know, I would always want to get mad loose and just be like, yeah, let's just fucking get loose. Let's just, like, you know, like, throw color all over the place. Mm-hmm. He'd be like, yeah, but, like, we got to actually execute in a way, you know, like he, he was, so he was like the, the school of tight lines, right? He was like the other, the other half of my brain that I required at the yeah. time, you know, like the technical side of things where like, we're, we're technicians we're like aerosol technicians. We're doing shit with spray paint specifically for reasons. And, um, and so we just started painting together and we started to realize that there were opportunities that we could utilize to potentially like maybe make a buck or like at least walk away with like 300 cans worth of spray paint, you know, it's like $300, yeah, $300 worth of spray paint, you know, whatever. We were just like trying to find a budget to have the paint to do what we were doing. Started getting some sort of like 
private commissions, little public mural options, little places we could paint, get a budget, you know? I remember like when we first had a closet that had like 12 crates in it that all had cans in them, we thought we were like gods. <laughs> you know, it was like, it was like a closed closet with like a screen and a lock and like all this paint inside. It's like the like, briefcase in Pulp Fiction where it's like, oh. 100, bro, 100. We felt like gods, you know? And, uh, but it, yeah, it, you know, I just kind of slowly kept building and we, we started to learn the process of applying for public murals and we started to get our shit out there enough that we didn't have to apply for public murals because people were hitting us up and being like, yo, I got a food truck. I want you to paint it. Or like, you know, there's a, there's a wall in our restaurant and we dig what you're doing. Would you be into doing this? And it just kind of, it became that. And it was pretty much initially just me and capes. And then like we, you know, we were like, well, all right, we're making some money. Maybe we should think about forming, like a business of sorts, like giving it a title and forming an LLC. And like, maybe that would help us with, you know, some whatever. And then, you know, there was always, there were like, we met Harrison speak who like was this young kid who was mad talented and had a sketchbook full of ideas. And we're like, we had to figure out how to get him in here and like get him incorporated and get him in the studio. Um, you know, wisdom, fortune, like always along the way it was like who else can we get involved and who else you know and that the the anthill at its core the idea is just like we're gonna make things happen for ourselves for each other right and we will accomplish that by sticking together that's the whole shit it's like the more of us that can be involved and the, the more support we have, the more like that we're all in it and we're going after it, the better we're going to be at getting it done. Yeah, we're every, every, I mean, yeah, 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 like 100%. Like, every time it's like, Let's oh, take this picnic, motherfucker. It's like, yo, this, this dude's ideas and concepts would work perfectly right here. Let's let him lead the way. This dude's in charge on this project, you know? That's always what we wanted, essentially. What we got has admittedly been like a very much like me and capes continuing to run projects and doing what we're doing and it you know it's like just the nature of the beast right like every like it's never the anthill's never been enough for all of us to just be like full-time artists chilling you know fucking getting interviewed in a yellow velvet chair it's always been like barely enough for us to even have the studio this shit is happening in We've we've scraped by. We've had some cool ass studios. We used to have a you know like practically a factory out in Hyde Park. We had a huge warehouse space out there. Like we've had a lot of cool spaces. We've been able to make a lot of cool things happen. But we're always doing it on like the most shoestring, ridiculously no money being made budget ever. And so you know like it's a grind, man. It's a lot of work too. Yeah, I mean, you know what's what's dope about it is like every time that one project happens where like we can drop two hundred dollars in everybody's pockets or whatever, it's like you know again we all feel like kings, right? Like I got paid to make art, yeah. <laughs> you know. Doing what I, I got, I got paid. getting paid for it. What? <laughs> I got paid to do what I love. I got paid to just like be me, you know. And I mean, like how how much of a better metaphor is it? Like the whole skating, you know, like skateboarding is one hundred percent. If you can become a pro, like if you can just like keep getting paid to do what you do, it's living the dream. Right? Like you're, I mean, 
you risk a lot for it. You take a lot of chances, you know. Definitely when I finally, like, took the leap from always having this retail job, always having this safe job, always having this opportunity that I could count on, count on, mm -hmm. you know, and was just like, nah, I'm doing it. I'm gonna, we're just like, the anthill is gonna be the thing. And that was, it took like a few years for me and Capes to finally just be like, nah, if we don't like pull back from day jobs or straight up quit our day jobs, we're never gonna know if we could pull this shit off. Mm -hmm. We're just good. We're going to always be like almost doing it and pushing lots of projects away and saying I don't have time for that one because we're not really doing it. We're not really committed to it. And so, yeah, when we finally just fucking committed to it, it was like, all right, we're leaning in, you know, and there's always a point in things that you have to give most of your productive time to where it's a jump off point the decision it's like you know it's like I'm at the cliff are we gonna do it or not you know you gotta jump yeah you gotta you know and I mean you know this show was you know it took me fucking two weeks it was just like a full blown okay I'm doing this I'm like I'm gonna do it exactly the way I'm envisioning it I'm not doing it half assed it's not gonna look anything other than exactly what I planned gonna take me the better part of two weeks to put the whole thing together and I just gotta go for it um the anthill was the same it shit it sounds like nothing compared to people who've been trying at things for years but it's two weeks of like no distractions focusing on priority number one yeah 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 I mean I'm, yeah I'm, we're, I mean there's seven years worth of paintings in here yeah that's it's not you know it wasn't two weeks to put the whole thing together it was but it was two, two weeks, weeks to actually assemble it right. and like put it together in a room in the way I wanted it to feel to curate it like. you know and it's it's taken us 10 years to put together the anthill in a mm -hmm. way that like it really f sort of finally makes sense you know it's like it's there we've we we all know what we're doing now. We all know what roles we're playing now. And people and like, know of you, and like you. One hundred. You keep like somehow like being part of the things that other people are doing, like in different ways. You know. I mean, you know, yeah, like it was so. Like I mean, the I Third, third, third Thursdays was Ant Hill. Yeah. Um, you know, all of the events that we host down here at the Green Door. That's Ant Hill. The Above the Radar Festival Above is, is Ant Hill. Oh, we got to talk about like... that, man. So we got to talk about that before this shit. Right? Okay. Um, so just to, like tell everybody who doesn't know about what Above the Radar is. Above the Radar is a uh, three-day annual uh, graffiti festival, international graffiti festival that we hold in Burlington, Vermont, typically the third weekend in September at the Burlington Waterfront, the one King Street ferry dock. It's not really a ferry dock anymore, it's more of a marina. But um, yeah, so it's, we have a, there's a 260 foot wall. It's 20 feet or 30 feet tall, 30 feet tall. Um, 20 feet, 20, 20, I don't remember. It's between 20 and 30 feet tall, but it's 260 feet long. That's the important thing. You're looking at a 260 foot long wall that's covered in artists typically Primarily from throughout the Northeast, Boston, New York, Rhode Island, Maine, New Hampshire. I guess the photos I can throw up in this here right now. Yeah, it's sick. <laughs> yeah, people come from all around. Yeah.
possessed by a demon. Much like you, I would expect no less. you know that was like a byproduct of the anthill right so we started going to graffiti festivals like that one under pressure up in montreal um you know going down to art basil in miami going and being a part of these other things um and it was just like what like what if we could do it here what if like what if we could make that happen here but where where and and capes and i started like walking around and trying to find spots like rolling around in our cars trying to find spots and when we came like i sort of always knew that wall was there but it was just so far down there by the lake that you never really even thought so about easy it easy to drive by and just think of it as yeah, like that's some industrial it, zone or something it, and it know. had like a half a mural on it like of the 260 feet maybe like 100 feet was painted or something and it was old and ferry it was like all the ferry boats like the boats that are docked right there that you could turn around and look at and so yeah we we approached those the, the folks who own the place the lct the um you know the, the wonderful people the pcors and um they were super receptive we basically just asked them for the project that first year we we're just like i just want the wall we had dealer.com's money mm-hmm. we were like we just need to make it happen. And we did. Shoestring budget, as always. Um, and then we've just been growing it ever since. It's now, we, we've been doing it for five years. We took the one year off in the heart of COVID, but we've done four full-blown events. We did one event early, or you know, during the, during the pan- pandemic, whatever you wanna fucking call it. Um, we did one event, but it was like locals only, strictly. Um, and the, the 260 foot wall didn't get painted that year. Um, but yeah, you know, so we're in, we're five years deep. We're definitely planning on doing it again. Um, it's sick, man. I, I, I would be surprised if it didn't keep growing and just becoming more bigger and more energized. And I would be really surprised. Yeah. We'd really love to creep it up the hill. That's sort of the, the end goal. 
is to make it more to, in town. Like, that there's there's that there's always that wall, right? Like that wall is special. That's yeah. a that's a thing. But that there are other projects that happen in the city, the weeks leading up to the event. However, it sort of lines up. There's like yeah. essentially like a mural Just festival. Take over Burlington. Yeah. yeah, like a graffiti festival that happens annually, and that yeah. there are multiple walls throughout the city that can mm-hmm. happen as well. Um, it's all stuff we're looking at for like the next, you know, it's a, that's like the five-year plan on that one. But it's nice to be happy. It's nice to have something in your life you can look at as a five-year plan. Yeah, and it's also nice to have something that you can look at in your life as an accomplishment, you know? Like, cheers, dude. Cheers. My dude. Scotty Raymond, SK.